Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. Lottie Dottie this morning, prayer warriors, intercessors, early risers, true seekers this morning, seeking after the wisdom and the knowledge of God, amen, this morning, coming together this morning on the school of healing as we continue to build our future, a better future than what we've had in, in the past, amen. Amen of optimal overall wellness. Areas of wellness that we're focusing on is spiritual wellness and physical wellness, emotional wellness, financial wellness, <coughs> occupational wellness, <coughs> environmental wellness, and social wellness. And so we just thank the Lord this morning that He has just allowed us for the last few weeks to learn so much about our financial wellness and the focus of ours and God has just allowed Tony to do some wonderful teaching, amen. But every now and then, we have to uh, shift our focus a little bit. And that's what we'll be doing this morning. Uh, just some incredible things that uh, I want to share this morning that the Lord dropped in my spirit, amen. Uh, you know, we've been looking a lot at Peter, amen, and I thought about Peter and, and and his father and all of those co-workers and co-laborers that he had that was uh, fishermen, their profession where they were fishermen. And uh, no doubt they had to definitely be in pretty good physical shape. Uh, I think the area where they were lacking was who they were spiritually. Amen. Uh, they had a job, so they, they pretty much could take care of financial wellness. Uh, they were fishermen, which was a pretty good occupation in that day. Amen. And sometimes they had to deal with a drought. Sometimes they had to deal with other challenges, storms, and, and you know, rough uh, fishing conditions. But nevertheless, you know, they were able to take care of some things uh, of their future, you know, to build a, a future of optimal overall wellness. And so we can learn some things uh, from Peter and, and those who were in uh, his little party of, of fishermen there. And as Jesus came along to see of Galilee and, and saw them, and I, I don't know, but I like to think that Jesus saw their dedication to what they were doing, uh, you know, physically working. They were diligent. They were, scripture said that they was working on their nets. I could just see them after they would go out and fish and they had to come back and do some physical maintenance on the nets. And can you just imagine that if they had had a rough day out there and turmoil on that water, it probably affected them emotionally. They started thinking about the bottom line. You know, we didn't catch no fish today, so it might be a little slow at the market <clears throat> where they probably sold their fish and that environment sometimes, uh, they were, I don't know, had they built up a tolerance for the wind on the water. You could just see the picture there that uh, sounded like what we face today, a uh, different time period. All those challenges uh, that was challenging them from having a future of optimal overall wellness in the same area that we're dealing with. And uh, Jesus comes along and, and, and spots uh, a real need they had was to change uh you know, what they were doing physically and, and invite them to work on their spiritual wellness. And so he tells them to pick up their cross and follow him. And he was going to teach them how to be fishermen. And they're taking them to that spiritual level where they were lacking, I believe. 
And so we're going to learn a few things uh, from Peter and how he responded. Not only Peter, but there were other followers, too, uh, who decided to, you know, follow Jesus, too. And, uh, you know, that was kind of an interesting thought, you know, pick up your cross and follow me and I'll make you fishermen of men. And no doubt they understood partially this language about fishing, but fishing of men, I can just imagine how they probably start thinking physically, how you going to get a man in a net, a fish net? You know, I, I, I could just imagine what they thought when he said that to them. But it probably also rose some curiosity in them. And, you know, and as we see that they begin to follow him, Peter had some strange reactions uh, when they began to follow him, basically denying Jesus on every turn. What hypocrisy, man. What lack of discipline. What lack of patience to follow Jesus to see what was going to take place. So I'm going to talk a little bit this morning about Three words that came to me the other day when we were on the line. I just thought that <clears throat> these are three words that are so common to us in anything that we do. But I looked at how radically changed Peter became. He really became spiritually healthy, uh, you know, as he began to follow Jesus. Now, he went through some changes. He did deny Jesus many a time. He did say some things and did some opposite things. And that's basically what hypocrisy is. And there's a lot of times in this Christian walk, we are faced with those same challenges, those same common things that affect our bottom line, which is are we achieving that level of optimal overall wellness? And sometimes it's intentional and sometimes it's unintentional. Sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's just we just lose our focus momentarily and then we figure some things out and there may be a little regret. There may be a little, I'm, you know, I shouldn't have did that. Well, these are all kind of like forms of, of, of hypocrisy. They are forms of lack of discipline. They are forms of being impatient. You know, sometimes we want things yesterday and we feel like I can't wait on God. I got to get this done now. And these are things that affect our bottom line because we're trying to strive for optimal overall wellness. And sometimes it's, it's easier said than done, you know. And so we're gonna take a look at, at these at these words and how they how they impact the bottom line. They impacted Peter, and there were others too. Peter was just very notable. And thank God we're studying about Peter today and we're looking at the finished product. We're looking at what happened when Peter started avoiding any any further hypocrisy. He had to go through a few changes and begin to see himself how everything Jesus predicted about him, he actually did. But he did it up to a certain point in his life where he actually kind of got delivered from hypocrisy. Uh, he kind of got brought into a, a, a time of discipline where it was required of anyone who followed Jesus. You had to be disciplined, which is kind of like a root word for discipleship. And that word discipleship means follower, you know, kind of like following uh, Jesus Christ. That's what he told him, pick up your cross and follow me. So you need to have some discipline to do that, to break away from what you've done all your life, your adult life, and follow Jesus on a whim. You know, 
no certainties. This is what I mean. I believe they pondered that thing the whole time. They Every step they made, I believe they were thinking, where is he taking us to the fish for men, you know? And so that was beginning of that journey to spiritual wellness for them. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they had no idea how it would turn out in the end or later on in their future. And it's kind of like us sometimes, you know, we say we walk by faith and not by sight. I think that was kind of like what, what, what they were doing, walking by faith and not by sight, you know. And so that's, that's to me, is one of the key approaches to spiritual wellness. And it would, it would probably yield more for them in the future than any, anything that they were doing out there on the water catching fish. But there was a moment when Jesus was a little bit concerned about them catching fish and just to show them how much power and control he had over everything. Uh, there's a, there's a portion in the, in the, in the scripture there where so he told them to just launch out a little further and drop their nets down on the other side of the boat <clears throat> and the Bible said they pulled in a drought. It was so much in the nets that they couldn't even, you know, basically get it in the boat. It was so much. And so what am I saying? I'm, I'm saying that God who was working on their spiritual wellness also was concerned about their physical wellness too. They had to eat, they had to, they had to you know, take care of their livelihood. And so he just showed them that through him, they could do all things that he was Jehovah Jireh. He was their provider. And what a powerful picture, man, of how God wants to work with us to secure, to aim, and to strive, and to build that future of optimal overall wellness. I mean, he supply all that we need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And the challenges that we face is not to say one thing and then go do something else, but to avoid any type of appearance of, you know, hypocrisy is, is, is kind of a, a type of evil. And uh, we have to avoid that because he told, told, told them, you know, to avoid the, the you know, the, the leaven of the Pharisees, not to have anything to do with it, to avoid their righteousness because there was no righteousness at, at all. And sometimes we follow people and causes and places and things that pull us away from, from, from putting trust and confidence and hope and assurance and reliance and allowance in him, you know, totally. You know, it, it is not as easy as it sounds. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of patience to wait on God to fulfill his promises to us, to give us hope, to give us a future. You know, because he tells us, beloved, I wish above all things that thou would have prospered and be in hell, even as your soul prosper. God wants our life to prosper. <laughs> and part of that is that we avoid some things that appear to be, you know, opposite of what I was I was thinking yesterday. I'm trying to think, who was I talking to when I made this statement? I'm working on trying to live what I preach and teach, you know, and if you think it's easy, some people think they got it figured out. We haven't even begun yet to tap into really the potential that God created us to, 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 to have, you know, to do and to be. But we have the word of God to teach and instruct us how to get that done because that's what pleases God. That's got to be our aim. We got to be consumed with that. And that takes a lot of discipline. That takes a, a, a lot sometimes of patience to wait on God and, 
You know, as we're waiting, that don't mean just sit around, Pastor, and do nothing. It means to try to build yourself up in things of God. And sometimes we get challenged with this physical realm that we're in, and we don't dedicate or we don't discipline ourselves to spend that time that we need to spend or that we're used to spending because we get overwhelmed with other processes and other things. And uh, I'm guilty. I mean, I've really had to scale back on some physical things because of, you know, health changes, challenges, and it, it, it'll drive you crazy. It'll affect your emotional, you know, uh, wellness because you're so used to doing this and doing that. You lose a little bit of momentum. You have to slow down. And it's, hypocr- it's hypocrisy, self-inflicted hypocrisy to think that you can still, don't kid yourself, that you can still do what you used to do. You have to make adjustments, you know, because you'll be you'll be telling yourself one thing but doing something else, cheating yourself or cheating the process because you just can't do what you used to do. Them disciples that they followed Jesus, some of them after a while got converted. Others went to fishing. It, it got it, it weighed on them what Jesus was teaching them, what he was doing. They witnessed it. They saw it. They saw some people getting converted to what he was teaching, and they 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 were supposed to be the chosen ones to follow him. But as things began to draw closer to his crucifixion, some of them, man, after he after he died, like he said, they went back to fishing. I think it says seven of them went back to the fishing, back to the net, and it was amazing how Jesus reappeared to them to remind them you know, or what he had taught them. That's that's kind of a form of <coughs> of hypocrisy to tell him you're gonna follow him, you'll die for him. And the minute he's no longer physically there, but he was there spiritually, he never left them spiritually. Uh they went back to what they were doing. And that's kind of a form of hypocrisy. They lost their discipline, you know, and they lost patience to wait on him. Amen. So we're going to take a look at that this morning. So let's just kind of look here at a few of these words. And uh, my, 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 my hope is that we will avoid any forms or types of anything that can affect us in these areas that we're trying to work on uh, as we seek truth. You know, it's amazing how many times you see the word hypocrisy in the Bible. And it's amazing the people that we see who it wasn't just the Pharisees, the, the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees that, and the high priests and the scribes that had a lot of hypocrisy of the Gentiles. We see some Christian people up in here too. You know, some prophets up in here, some followers of Christ. So it's not the young believers sometimes that fall into a little bit of hypocrisy. And all that is, uh, in layman terms, is saying one thing but doing something else. Uh, it could easy, we could easily get entrapped in our own words sometimes <clears throat> and find ourselves, you know, slipping into that. And so waiting on the Lord is, is what helps us to avoid it, though. Waiting on the Lord. I could just see the uh, anxiousness of those disciples. They want to know what was Jesus up to? Fishermen and men. That you said, just think about that thought when he first told them that. Here he is. I believe a complete stranger 
walking along the seashore and come upon them and see what they're doing, their occupation, and offer them a challenge. You know, you know, pick up your cross and follow me. I'll make you fishermen of men. That's basically kind of where we're at today because there was something that happened when we got saved where we ended up following Jesus Christ and we probably had no clue. It was just, we were just following him, living our lives. But in the process, we began to learn some things that we didn't know before, you know, and, 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 and we waited in that process. We still wait in the days for the fulfillment of some things that he promised. Everything haven't been revealed or made known to us yet. But thanks be to God that we don't know all we're going to know, but I thank God we know more than what we did know. And that's what helps us as we continue to wait on him and seek after him and seek more truth. We're really building a future of optimal overall wellness. It's really helping us to be well in some areas that we used to not be so well in, you know, because we learned that waiting on the Lord is how we avoid hypocrisy. You know, it gives us time to develop discipline, which is required. Godly, if we're going to ever have godly character, which is a part of optimal overall wellness, then we got to build it. We got to develop it. We got to let God help us through his word, you know, through his spirit. Uh, you know, because that, that, that godly character just don't happen because I wish it happened. I got to put some discipline in. I got to do some things, you know, so that I can have godly character and courage as required of any person that's going to follow Christ. We are the disciples of this age, this day, this time. Uh, and if we continue to build that God, godly character and, and, and that discipline, yeah, we too will be disciples used by God to a greater level like they were. I mean, when you think about their journey, you know, how they got to be the, those awesome men who wrote the Gospels, who wrote the epistles that we're learning about now. It started with them just deciding to follow him like he had invited them to do and being patient and, 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 and you know, set free from being impatient. I thought about Peter, how impatient he was. <laughs> he didn't have that virtue called patience. And he made some serious mistakes, could have cost him his life, you know. And but but he finally, you know, got to a place where he started, you know, you know, being a disciple, doing things that he still followed Jesus, even though he made mistakes. He denied him, he rejected him at times, you know, followed him afar off at times. Yeah, some of the things that we do today, <clears throat> you know, but he was eventually set free from being impatient. He was a very impatient man. So was Judas. So was a lot of those disciples. Thomas, you know, we say doubt in Thomas. They all wanted to know. They all wanted to know where he was from. They wanted to know about these things that he was telling them. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to know, you know. that That's one of the keys right there to developing that discipline, that godly character, having that courage that's required to be one of God's disciples so we can be patient, you know, free of impatience. Uh, our result is, this is what I like, since we're striving to build a future of optimal overall wellness, seeking after the truth about things, we can almost be guaranteed because of the promise of God that our result is going to be a life of God's truth living by faith 
because we know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. And so the faith that the truth that we preach, we preach it by faith. Well, guess what? We got to live it by faith. We got to live the truth that we preach, that we learn, that we study, that we memorize and meditate on. As we say, we are truth seekers. Then guess what? We got to learn to live by that truth, you know, and it takes faith because there are truths that we are learning that has a future manifestation. There are some that have a past manifestation. There are some that have a current manifestation. Every day we get grace and truth. Bible says it's new every day, new mercy. It comes with grace and truth. They meet together every day. And if we're opening up the word, then guess what? We get to meet with grace and truth. That's sufficient for us. Truth makes us freer than what we were the day before. That's what truth does. It makes us free. Well, if I was free from something yesterday and truth made me free because I opened up the word and I, I ingested some truth, I looked at some truth, I read some truth, well, guess what happened today? It's the same yesterday. It's the same today. It's the same forever. It don't change. It keeps making us free. That way we escape or we avoid any hypocrisy. And it takes a, just a little bit of discipline. It takes more discipline today than it took yesterday. It's going to take more discipline tomorrow than it takes today. Because every day going to come with some new challenges, going to present some new things to us that we got to deal with. And I, I, we used to say we can't take old wine and put it in new wine skins. You know, we got to drink this new wine every day. You know, so we can get a fresh spiritual, you know, I'll say spiritual high, you know, and we want to always strive to stay high on the spirit. I mean, high in the spirit, realm. You know, and so the result is a life of God's truth. Think about that. They didn't have God's truth. They had truth about vision. But as they began to follow Christ, there was a challenge for them. They was hearing these things. He was teaching about his father's kingdom. They were seeing these miracles he was doing. I could just imagine how they hit them. <laughs> Who is this guy? But the more they followed and listened to him, think about how much freedom came to them. They got freer and freer and freer. You know, they were being spiritually transformed, spiritually renewed by hearing. He was the living truth. He was the living word of God made flesh dwelling among them. The Bible said he came full of grace and truth, right? Every day they was following Jesus, they got to follow grace and truth. He was the living manifestation of it, you know? And so, you know, living by faith uh, was was now their, their daily occupation. They had to, they had to follow him to see what he was going to do next. We have to follow God every day to see what he's going to do next. We can open up the word and kind of get a glimpse, but it takes patience to wait on the manifestation. It takes discipline to be patient to wait, you know, pleasing God. And as a truth seeker, we walk by truth. We walk in truth by faith. And so let's look at this word hypocrisy. Not going to be before you much longer. Uh, hypocrisy. We hear this word a lot. It's so many times mentioned in the Bible. So obviously, if it's in the scripture, we need to be familiar with it. Versus just throwing it out there, saying it. Sometimes uh, Peter, Peter was, was 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 a hypocrite at the time in his life. So were some of the other disciples. 
But it was amazing to me how they went from being a hypocrite to being a transformed, disciplined disciple with patience. That was a, that was a journey for them to go from one thing to something else. Isn't that what we're doing? Going from the old man, the old woman, to the new creation, walking in the newness of life, walking in the newness of life. That, that's the journey. And if you think about what the scripture tells us, that we're we're strangers here on earth, we're sojourners. This is what Peter was writing to, you know, to the believers back in his day who were being scattered because of persecution. I was like, well, they're going back to being hypocrites. They're losing their discipline. They're not avoiding stuff. They're running from stuff. We don't run from stuff. We run to the name of the Lord. That's where our safety is. He's that strong tower. He hides us. You know, he's our fortress. He, we dwell in his secret place under the shadows of the Almighty. We stay of the Lord. He's our refuge and fortress. And in him do we put our trust. That's, that's how we avoid slipping back into what we used to do. And so this word hypocrisy, I, I kind of looked it up and it says it's a noun and it's the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. Pretense. You know, give you an example. A person's target was hypocrisy of a stubborn life. <clears throat> All that saying, think about Peter now when I talk about a stubborn life. It was not easy for Peter to change. It's not e easy for us to change without the help of God. Think about Peter. He denied him three times across coach, right? You know, and it, I mean, think about it. You know, he, he was a stubborn man. But think about that. He had been in a certain occupation all his adult life. And just to have someone not to come along and challenge him in something he was very familiar with and him not to have a clue what he was talking about because he was sticking to his gun. And any time they approached Peter, thank you, one that was with him. No, no, what not me, not me. See how stubborn his life was at that point? There's a lot of us following Jesus but still trying to maintain, I say, following him from a distance. You don't want to totally commit. It's sort of like being lukewarm when he tells us to be hot, on fire, be cold. He gives us that option, but it comes down to a choice. Am I going to choose to really follow him, or am I going to maintain a little bit of my hypocrisy, follow him when it's convenient? And, and it's sad to say that there are many who do. You know, there are some who have a form of godliness, and they did not the power thereof, you know. But I, 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 I like to think that, you know, we are some of those that have been called out, separated, consecrated, sanctified by God's word. You know, we're not perfect, but I like to think that we are faithful to God. That's, that's the key. See, we're, we're being perfected, matured with salt, the word. We're not there yet. Don't fool yourself. That's, that's hypocritical to think that we've already arrived. This is why this word, you know, just stuck with me that I know of a lot of people. You know a lot of people that think they've already arrived. And to help me to 
to avoid parks the house say to people all the time they say how you doing Pastor? get if it get any better i think i died and went to heaven see i'm i'm not what i'm going to be but i'm certainly not what i used to be yeah i used to be a hypocrite but now i'm a faithful follower and i'm i know i'm speaking for many of you and you, we have to be content with that, being faithful followers. And it takes discipline and it takes patience. Because we're striving for a future of optimal wellness. We haven't arrived to our future yet. And we have to learn how to live in this in this present state that we're in. And to do that, we have to avoid hypocrisy. We have to have discipline as followers of Christ. You know, study the word, read the word, hear the word, you know. And we can't condemn ourselves or judge ourselves or anyone else. We can examine ourselves against the word and use it, you know, for doctrine, to build a life on, use it for correction, use it for reproach to tell us what's wrong with our life, what we're not doing, you know, and instruct us in righteousness, not right and wrong, right? The law, the law, you know, tells us what's right and what's wrong. But righteousness is how we, the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 17, 18, the kingdom of God, meaning God's way of doing things, what he requires is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. That means it won't happen without God's spirit. It won't happen without us spiritually discerning what God tells us to do. We can only be the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We got to accept that blood and wash away our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness so we can be righteous. So we can call ourselves the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Nothing else can wash away that, that, that unrighteousness but the blood. And so uh, that pretense of having a virtuous character, moral or religious beliefs or principles that one does not really possess. We say it all day. People can say it all day long. But when you look at how they live their life, I'm talking, I'm talking about church saved, unsaved. It, it has to be a distinctive difference. And I know we know this. I'm preaching and teaching to the choir. But this is just reinforcing some things that we already know that as a reminder so we don't take things for granted. This has got to be practiced often as often as we can because this is how we become converted into being those followers of Christ. You know, not perfect, but, but, but being faithful to who we are. The other day we talked about being who we are. Situation and circumstances will change around us, but shouldn't change us. We should try to change them. Because that's who we are. We really are change makers. And to do that successfully, we have to avoid some things that that take us away from being those those followers that he desires. They had to avoid some things, some doubt, some unbelief. Remember what Jesus prayed for for every every setting. He always prayed, you know, for the Father to help their doubt and unbelief. You know, that's that's a form of hypocrisy to see these miracles and still deny that he's who he say he is. Discipline. Now, we're going to talk about discipline according to the Bible. So we move on and try to knock out these three words. Discipline 
these training. They, take, they, they have to train in this new life. We got to train. This, this doesn't happen automatically. We're still subject to fall short and make some mistakes. This is why training is so important. Every morning when we get on here, when we do get on here, that's training. Every time I pray, that's training. Every time I read the word or listen to my 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 my, my spiritual song to give me, that's training. You know what I'm saying? Every time I go back and, and listen to the word, every time we meet for praise and worship, every time we, we meet for church over at the building, or we do virtual church, all this is training. This is training because we're trying to build something. We're trying to build ourselves up in the holy things of God, the sacred things of God. And we're not finished yet. We're still a work in progress because God begun to work in us and we begin to work in him. And so he works through us as we work through him. But his work in us is more important than our work because until he finishes where he started in us, we're always going to fall short, but that's okay. God allows it because the weaker we are, the stronger he is. The more imperfect we are, the more perfect he is. You know, he is. He perfects those things in our weakness. If we don't need a physician, then, hey, we won't have one. And so when I'm sick, I say I'm strong because I know who my healer is. That's what the scripture tells us to do. Let the weak say I'm strong, but the poor say I'm rich. And we say it until the manifestation comes. And sometimes I feel like people are uncomfortable with that because they put so much pressure on themselves to be perfect. But he wants us to be found faithful. You know, that's what he wants, us to be found faithful. If we start doing something consistently, it becomes a habit. After habit, it becomes a, a, a behavior, a pattern of behavior, good behavior. And after that, it becomes a lifestyle. And remember now, we have potential to be who God created us to be, to do what God created us to do, to have what God created us to have. But what's the problem? The chosen lifestyle before we learned all those things. Before we learn of who God created us to be, what he created us to do, what he created us to have, we chose a lifestyle. Sometimes it was chosen for us, but as we got of age, we chose one. And a lot of times it's contrary to what God has had intended for mankind. We see that often. You look in the Bible. Peter was like that. Thomas was like that. All of these original apostles and disciples, they, were, they started that way. But they were changed. They were converted, you know as they began to follow him and took discipline. So we see that training was important. In other passages of scripture, we see this word is used in reference to uh, father training his children. This is the type of training. Book of Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, talks about parents training up their children the way they should go to when they get old, they want to part from it. That's some of our testimony. We were trained up. We didn't know what we were being trained up in. Our parents just imposed that discipline on us, and they trained us best they could, and that as far as they could get us. But now we're we're training in righteousness ourselves. Uh, God's training His children now, just like our parents trained us then physically. God is training us as His children now spiritually. And saying everybody not getting this training—that's why we can't say everybody's a child of God. Bible said, "As many as received Him, the them gave." He the power to become the children of God. Book of John, chapter one, verse twelve. The King James Bible. 
we know these things to be true. And so just like our natural parents training us, our spiritual fathers training us now through the Holy Spirit and his, his uh, sacred word, sanctifying us with his word because his word is true. Uh, you know, in Hebrew, you know, God lovingly disciplines all who follow him as his children and he trains them to become spiritual champions, you know, spiritual men and women of God. You know, so we can champion all these things that, that affect us, these natural things. He wants us to champion them. Why? He's already overcome them. And I think one of the key ways uh, that we can that we can champion these things is when he says, if you are weak, say you're strong. If you believe that I can make you strong. If you're poor, say you're rich. If you believe that I can make you rich. And it's about rich and wisdom, rich in knowledge. That's called speaking those things that be not the power that he's given us to declare those things that be not as though they are. And that's faith talking. That's how faith works, you know? And so that's what discipline is, you know? Uh, discipline means to instruct, correct, chastise, or rebuke as needed. It doesn't mean to punish or to beat. Some folks think that dogma, that dogma, you know, just telling people, you know, you're going to bust hell wide open. You know, to me, that's, that's, that's punishing folks before the judgment. And the Bible says, judge nothing before it's time. Let God judge. You know, let us exalt. Let us, let us build up. And it takes a lot of patience because I'm going to tell you, folks will get on your nerves. <laughs> you know, I know I get on people's nerves. And I could see it in my own life sometimes. People get, but you know, that that restraint is there now. I can see it wasn't there all the time, and it's not easy to restrain yourself. But when you realize God gives you divine ability to restrain yourself, sometimes even though it might get delayed a little bit, but you catch yourself. I know. I know. I'm preaching to the choir. I know there are times when when you were at a point that you was ready to just lose it, and you caught yourself. It wasn't you. It wasn't me. It was. It was a virtue that God put in our character. To be able to know, okay, I was wrong. Okay, I shouldn't go there. I was angry. Okay, but I didn't sin. You didn't sin, so it's okay because that's that word working in us. Be angry, but sin not. You didn't go upside their head. You didn't cuss them out. Yeah, yeah. The temptation was knocking on the door, and you may even heard a voice. You hypocrite. You know, but that's okay. I didn't cross that line. I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't snap like I used to. And so that's, that's, that's patience working in us, teaching us to wait. And before you know it, everything seems to work itself out. And later you think about it. What was that? I was so angry, but I didn't, you know, so, so now you understand it. Okay. I'm being transformed into somebody. I'm, I'm walking in the newness of life. I really am a new creation in Christ Jesus because there was a time in my life I didn't hesitate. But see, that's patience. And so let's talk with patience. We're going to wrap it up. Patience in the Bible is the ability to endure difficult people in situations without giving in into anger or giving up hope. Because God continues to show us patience when we are doing disappointing things or they're being done to us. We can show others patience when they disappoint us. Man, that was powerful when I read that. <clears throat> Matter of fact, 
this was so powerful the other morning when it hit me. I, I had to do a proposal and put this out there to help some folks. You know, it helped me. And I think we are pretty good judges of when we are being helped, that we can help others. But see, we first partake it, so we know how we know how it can impact folks. We know there's a lot of people who need it. Reason why Jesus told them to follow him, he's gonna teach them how to be fishermen of men. And so I'm gonna close on that. Part of our our future of building a future of optimal overall wealth. Not just for us to be helped, it's to put us in a position that we can help. So let's face it, y'all, this world right now needs a lot of help. And I believe that God has brought us along this journey to get us right so we can help others that need help. We're not going to be God to them, but we're going to be a help to them. If it's nothing but just encouraging them, if it's nothing but just sharing what God has done for us, that's enough right there. And we're not going to save anybody, but we certainly can help people to know the one who can. And so we're going to end right there. Hopefully you got something out of the lesson this morning as we continue to build, as we continue to seek the truth. Uh, I love what the truth tells me about me before it tells me about anybody else. I think that's a discovery right there that a lot of so-called Christians need to, need to, need to, explore letting the truth shine some light on you on me personally it makes you a better uh ambassador for christ if you will face the truth about yourself it's kind of easier it's not easy but it's easier to survey a message to someone about something you've experienced versus just looking in the bible and say, okay i'm gonna say this to them and i think that's what a lot of ministries do today and it damages people in the long run because they tell them or they go find a sermon to preach instead of being first partaker of what they preach. So it becomes a part of your life and you and that sermon become one. Now it's easier, just like this for me. It's easier for me to talk about this now because I saw me in Peter, what Peter was going through. I didn't come in this world following Christ. I didn't come in this world with no intent to follow him. None of us did. And I never want to send a message to people that have always been saved. Well, I think I got it all together. I know everything. You can't teach me nothing else. I've learned everything there to learn. Devil is a lie. And we're lying to ourselves, too, if we think that way. But as long as we're faithful to what God has called us to do, to be, to have, I think that's how we please God. pleasing them. It doesn't matter the pats on the back. It doesn't matter, you know, all the things actually the people tell us. It doesn't matter. What matters is what does God have to say about about me? Said a lot about Peter. Said a lot about Paul. Said a lot about those followers. But then he prayed for them. Father, sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. Keep them that you have given to me. And I believe that's what he's interceding and praying today, that every one of us that have given our life to him, that the Father will keep us sanctified by his word. Truth seekers. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. 
Thank you for speaking to our hearts and our minds this morning, God. Thank you for shedding some light. Thank you, God, for exposing to us the power and devastation of hypocrisy, of, of, of how important it is to avoid all signs of it, shunning all things that are pretty evil, so that we don't end up being viewed and looked at as hypocrites. Those who say one thing but do something else. Those who, when everybody's looking, we do everything right, but when nobody's looking, God, we slip, we fall short. But thank you today, God, for just allowing us to take a deeper look and explore this 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 trap that's throughout the Bible. We saw many good men that you called, that you used, started out as hypocrites. But then, God, they decided to discipline themselves to follow you just long enough to be converted, just long enough to have a radical change in their lives. We saw it with Paul on the road to Damascus. We saw it with Peter after they denied you after they persecuted you and your people. But Lord, you changed them and you used them mightily. You sanctified them with your word, which was true that you are doing us now. So we thank you, God, for patience now to wait on the Lord and be of good. You will strengthen our heart, God. You said they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings and eagles, run and not be weary, walking, not thankful. So we thank you this morning. We thank you for the journey from hypocrisy through discipline, becoming disciples and followers of Christ. And now we have patience, God. As we wait patiently on you, God, for the manifestation of your next promise, your next word of truth, God, your next revelation, as we seek your truth this morning. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We feel spiritually well this morning because of your word. Thank you, God, that we were able to take of your divine nature through your word this morning. And it's been like a medicine to our flesh and power to our bones. We feel emboldened and empowered and strengthened today by your word. So we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.